Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg. And you know we're like Einstein over here. We have no special talents, and I'll just go further. Absolutely none at all. But what we are is passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here And where is it that we want to go, man? Living a month and a day for sure. But let's jump right in in the respect that we're going to tie this series. It was a three-part series down today in the Search for Meaning Part 3. Search for Meaning Part 3. And in previous episodes, as our influence has been growing, you've heard me... Uh, give a shout out to countries that are supporting us, listenership in other countries. And so I wanted to add one that, I mean, I wasn't expecting, but it's here. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The Comfortable and Chaos podcast now has listeners in Saudi Arabia. And I'm wondering why, how? Well, I mean, we do talk about some different things. We've talked about some religious issues. We've talked about some geopolitical issues. So I guess it makes sense. So very cool, guys. Thank you all so much in Saudi Arabia. I hope our listenership grows over there. Moreover, we know it is a male-dominated culture over there. And I'll tell you this. If you ever want to talk about it more in depth, invite me over. I'll come. I'll come at my own expense. And if you need to reach me, I always can be reached at get, meaning G-E-T, the underscore symbol, the word recovery, at msn.com, and we can get in touch. Moreover, if you go to any of my episodes, it accesses our website directly at the bottom of those episodes. And you go right into WordPress, peck me out a message. And give me your contact information and we will get in touch. If you've got a viable indoor burgeoning men's group, sales floor, come on guys. I mean, we can sell waffles to a fit man in the heat around here. And you're like, waffles to a fit man in the heat? Yeah, that's exactly the opposite paradigm than you were expecting. Why are we going to say, I don't know, ice to Eskimos? Because that's the normal way. And the normal way of the world has left us screwed. All of us screwed. The only way that you are not is if you're living in dismay. And if you're living in dismay and following what everyone else does in your heart of hearts, and yes, I just beat my chest, you know that there is something wrong. You're just so buried beneath the trappings of this world that you tried to show that you haven't even come out to see what you can show. It's very true, and how do I know? Just when you have sincere conversations, when you actually stop and take the moment to have a meaningful conversation with another man. 
men are yearning for something so much more. They just don't know what it is. And my guess is their ladies, meaning their spouses around them, and their children are as well. If a man is wanting and yearning, then the ones that we have headship over, and yes, we do, these roles can get perverted, and the definitions can be perverted. But if that is the case with the man, then it certainly is with those that he is responsible for. I mean, you can talk about it like this. I love Vody Bauckham. <clears throat> Excuse me, man. I love Paul Washer. I consider these guys astute biblical men, but they are not going to tell you that about themselves. And they talk about how men are deemed viable in today's world. And really, you women, you're just as guilty. You've bought into it too. So maybe that was a lack of headship in your family growing up. This lack of discipleship for men, lack of headship in the family of origin for the girls. How do we judge a man today? By the ball field, the billfold, and the bedroom. Hmm. If you're focused on athletic prowess, money prowess or accrual, or sexual prowess, you're going to be left so lacking and disenchanted. You may just find yourself going crazy because that's not where it's at. And we're going to break down each of those things as we go down this road. But it is applicable today because our topic is a search for meaning. And for a man, you damn sure will never find it on the ball field. Oh, but team sports, they build character. Well, hell, I chased our daughter all around the country playing volleyball. She went up to play college volleyball in Oklahoma, hurt her knee. Now she's back in the real world about to start a new school for a very specific program. I'm all about baseball with my son. It's time we enjoy immensely. I didn't have a dad. I didn't play sports. It's something we do, but is that the et all be all? F no, man. I've got a job for this boy. I'm supposed to be teaching him many, many more things. What I do try to do is inculcate that time we have together with other greater life lessons. When we're pouring down with sweat and we're sitting there next to each other and it kind of creates a vulnerability and intimacy and we're just sitting there talking. But if team sports were it, yeah, they're great. But take a segment of the NBA, the NFL, whatever population, and that shows you that uh, that's time-tested, right? They have more time in that sport than anyone from youth to where they are professionally. And you tell me if those guys have the character of the men that you want to come pick up your daughter and take them out for a night. If it is not, then that's not the test for manhood. And then the other? Non-matrimonial and godly sex? Are people that don't even know the laws of God? And you're going to go by what Hollywood or television or what society or hell your neighbors down the street 
are showing you? Sexual prowess has absolutely nothing to do with the ultimate match, which is matrimony and fulfillment for both the men and women in marriage. That comes down to essence of the soul and commitment. It's all false. We'll break it all down down the road. But it all goes into a search for meaning. Let's pick up where we left in episode two. It's about to get out of the army. And I was finally embracing now that I know the end goal was in sight. Be all that you can be. That was not my jam. I was simply a man in the military, not a military man. I decided that before I went in, had several things thrown at me to change my perspective and or mind, but I held fast to that. That was that independence. That was my own self. Could we define it as ego? Yes. Um, And a lot of countenances, would that be considered wrong, perhaps even sinful? I'd even go further and say yes to that too. But God had something different for me that was not my path. I just didn't realize it yet because I grew up severely lacking in a lot of things. Therefore, I held on to myself for comfort and in my own abilities for a surety. So I started taking this computer class there in this Kwonsen hut in Korea with this dude who was so excited about Windows 94 coming out. I mean, his excitement was palpable. So how could I not get cool about it, right? I took it, man. I'm learning about GUIs and and computer languages and DOS and and, uh, how Windows was this deal where you could just click and go. Really? I'd never paid attention before. What I didn't know is that computer class was really going to help me out when I got back to college. And I became a researcher for probably at that time one of the most prominent ethnogerontologists, say that three times fast, in the country. A professor, a doctor by the name of Romaldo Z. Juarez from Robstown, Texas. Romaldo Z. Juarez. And so I did that class, and I started applying for colleges. But since I had volunteered in an emergency room and saw the largesse of an acute care facility, that being a hospital and the hustle and bustle, I'd be taking patients for tests and helping in the ER and on the weekends and on the evenings. It's very sparse in there. So I had the run of the place, right? Checking it all out. I'm like, maybe this is what I'll do. I'm going to get out of the army and I'm going to run one of these hospitals, man, because I was a go-getter. I wanted to be more and I wanted to do some type of business. I wanted some action. I wanted some juice. So I started looking into schools that had a healthcare administration program and lo and behold, San Marcos at that time, Southwest Texas State had one. So in those days, you weren't doing it online. I found them in a huge collegiate catalog and I made a packet requested information from previous schools where I had languished and put that together mailed it and of course uh, they mailed it back and said hey man we'd love to have you in the healthcare administration program so I was all set I knew where I was going so I, I leave the military 
I came back home, uh, saw my grandparents briefly, and I knew that that semester I got out, I think the day after Thanksgiving Day of 95, by the time I had made it home, and I was supposed to start school beginning of January um, of 1996. So I had a lot, of, a lot of movement that needed to occur still. So got over to San Marcos, procured housing, um, got everything set up, met with VA people. Um, I was all set. And... Now I was going to begin real life. I was motivated. I realized all the things I had taken for granted. I had bent, I had bent my knee to authority, albeit unwillingly. And I was willing to go forward now and totally respect what I perceived to be a just authority, but still controlling my own destiny. But we never really control our own destinies. We think we do. As you grow, you'll realize how helpless you really are in this world unless you're living a ruse and you're living solely for yourself. God is in control and He will design things for you. And you know what? Come January 9th of 1996, He had designed something for me. A month and a half after coming home from overseas and transfer orientation, I met a young lady. Here I came busting into this orientation classroom. I had a girl on each side of me. Not that I had anything to do with these girls. I just happened to be talking to them as I was coming through the parking lot and opened the door for them. But when the door sprang open, it was like light illuminated this young lady in very vibrant Western garb sitting on the front row. I was captivated by her beauty. I was captivated by her dress. At the same time, being an anti-hierarchical person, I was like, what a dang brown noser sitting at the front of the class. She's certainly trying to get the professor's attention, and I'm going to the back of the class. I've already been around the world. I've already been through enough stuff. I'm a little bit older, and I know what's up. I don't need to be sitting up there to gain any favor. But I was awestruck by this lady. So I went back there, and somehow in the course of that orientation, I think we had to, um, we were called into our specific majors, ours being healthcare administration. So we segued down into a different classroom, and I found a way to strike up a conversation with this young lady, although I think she began it with me. And it wasn't that long uh, before we had agreed to spend some time together. However, she simply said that she would meet me for lunch because she was a highly traditional and respectable young lady. She was not going to allow me to pick her up. She was going to meet me there. That way she could control that environment. Very, very savvy. Very, very smart. I would learn over the years where all that came from. And so we did. We met for that first lunch, and I got there first. I figured she had to travel a very long distance to get to me. Had no idea she was actually residing in the apartment complex directly behind the restaurant. 
so she made it very easy on herself. I got there first, a nervous anticipation, not really sure what to do, partly wanting to act cool, partly a little bit uh, drunk, not literally, but drunk with my newfound freedom after separating from the army. And I'm sitting at the bar holding a bourbon in each hand when lo and behold, she comes walking in. And I'm sure she thought, oh my God, what a dang idiot. What kind of guy is this going to be? Well, for the first time in my life, we sat there for approximately three, three and a half hours. Maybe it was the bourbon. Maybe it was God pushing me. Maybe God was introducing me to someone in my life that could perhaps provide me everything that I had always missed and longed for, but certainly did not have the key myself to open. And that, my friends, is what I considered the ending point of my old life and the beginning point of a movement towards the Lord, a movement towards a lady, and a movement towards my authentic self for the very first time in my life. And I will craft many, a many of episode from where I am leaving this one off. You hold on to that because now, on the Comfortable with Chaos podcast and Eric Helberg, you know now where my actual and real life began. The rest was simply a stage setting this up. I wish you boing voyage, my burgeoning flock. And we will be talking on a variety of issues very, very soon. Thank you. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast.